Mother's Day. Let's give moms a hand. Wow. You mothers deserve not a hand. You deserve a lot. You deserve a lot. You've gone through all of us knuckleheads that are in this room have probably given you some kind of stress and some extra gray hair, right? Just from how we all of us are. We all know how we are, right? But we love moms. We love the way that you nurture. We love the way that you just care. And, you know, I'm I, just thinking back this week, my mom, and I just love my mom so much. I was thinking I didn't get it until I went to college. I really didn't. I didn't understand what my mom was all about until college. I get to this place. I'm in, they're in Oklahoma, and I'm going to school in Kansas to play football. I get there, and all of a sudden, I'm running out of clothes. I thought that you wear clothes, you throw in a laundry basket, and then it's back in your closet in your, in your, in your drawers. I'm going, what happens? I, I honestly had never put something in the, dish, in, the, in the washing machine, not or the dishwasher. I might have done that. <laughs> I might have. Well, it's still soap. It still works, right? But moms, we love you. We cannot say the right amount of words to express the love. We also know this is not always the easiest day for some of you because some of you lost your mom. But this is a day we celebrate moms. Some of you have had struggle with Mother's Day. We get that. And we're sensitive to that, but we love you, and you're here, and that's what we're talking about now, that we thank you for who you are. Well, we're not going to talk about Mother's Day, but I have another quick thing that I was reminded during the last service, that in 2010, on Mother's Day, was our first service that we did as Rock Harbor Huntington Beach. It was literally Mother's Day, 2010, 12 years ago. Kind of special. Some of you only know branches as five years old or whatever. We go back a little further. Andrew and I definitely go back further. But it's just, so we celebrate you and we celebrate just really in 12 years that we've been just ministering in this city. Are there any basketball fans out there? Come on, there's, is that it? There's like six of you? Okay, there's like eight of you. There's a few. I become a basketball fan in March Madness. Now, that's sad. That's not a real fan, right? Because I kind of wait until it gets really exciting and the top teams are in it, you know? You get 16 or NBA when it's all of a sudden we get down to finals and playoffs. That's when I become the basketball fan. So I'm not that good of a fan. My mom, every Lakers and Clippers game she's watching. She loves basketball. I've just always been a football guy. That's my mom. She loves that stuff. So I was looking, because we're in the basketball season right now, I saw an article last week, and it, it was talking about who are the wealthiest basketball players of all time. Who would we say is probably the most famous? Michael Jordan, right? MJ, right? Michael Jordan, $2 billion is what he's worth. So he's up top. Second would be LeBron James. Part of it's because money, part of it's because he just put a movie out last year, right? What was that called? Space Jam. Space Jam. See, he saw it probably with his kids. LeBron James, not just because of acting, because he's a great player, right? But then we know there's Shaq O'Neal, and then you go down the, you go Magic Johnson, there's Kobe Bryant, all these guys are in there. Well, here's what's interesting to me. It wasn't, I knew the top two probably. 
He was the third one. Junior Bridgman. You guys heard of him, right? What? Who's Junior Bridgman? Never heard of the guy. He played 12 years in the NBA. He never started one time in his career. And he made, at the height of his career, accumulation of 12 years, $4.2 million. That's it. Now, I'm not saying four two. I've never seen $4.2 million in 12 years. But when some of these guys are making 30 or 40 million a year, that's pretty small, right? <clears throat> Listen about this. I was just blown away. How did he do it? He went to business school. He actually went to college, used a degree. He realized, maybe I'm not that good a player, so I'm not going to make enough. So he went and bought a Chili's franchise and a Wendy's franchise. That's how he started. Then he owned 160 outlet stores. Then he bought, a, he owned 118 chilies. Then, that wasn't enough, he got the sole rights to distribute Coke to the entire country of Canada. Yeah. Junior Bridgman is worth $600 million. Now, what's shocking about that is we all know he started, he only had 4.2 million in the whole 12 years. But 60% of NBA players are bankrupt after two years of playing. 60%. Antoine Walker, some of you probably remember him, he made $106 million over his whole career. Within two years, he lost it all, went bankrupt. That's <laughs> a lot of dough to just blow. And the reason we're talking about that, and he probably used it for blow, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mean to say it that way. <laughs> Sorry, Antoine. <laughs> he was laughing at me. He was thinking it. Sorry. But both men, sorry, I'm going to turn this back. So both men were given a tremendous amount. Hopefully that one's not recorded. A tremendous amount of money. Both men. The biggest difference in, of two of these guys is how they chose to use what they were given. We all know we can consume or we could invest. One of them consumed, one of them con you know, did that investment in his life. We have been given great resources. All of us sitting here have all been given great resources. One of them is your body. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, it says our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We house the body of God. We said yes to Jesus as he knocked at the door and you said, come in, he lives in us. So we house the spirit of God in us. What do you do with that body? I'm going to confess some things today. To be honest, I've abused my body for a lot of years, including yesterday. Yesterday, we did the, the Love HB and a lot of us, there's 120 people and they're working and People are sunburned and they're hurting. And go, go look at Bailey. Her face is just red as a beet. Yeah, that's my niece, so I can say that, right? But, but you can, everybody's hurting. I've talked to people who said, oh, I couldn't hardly get even to my bed last night. And my hands are sore. And so we were working. So there was, we're just getting towards the end. We're already two hours over our allotted time. And I go, and the wheelbarrows were coming over. I said, here's how we do it with my old employees. We pick up the wheelbarrow and we dump it. You don't just take a little shovel. It takes. So I, we started just, just dumping them and it was just great. So everybody's just like abusing their bodies. Well, I've done this for so long. I, lo I, lo I love, I love junk food. 
I love, <clears throat> I mean, love water. I mean, love water. I love candy. My grandpa name is Oompa. Remember the Oompa Loompas? It's because of candy. I love candy. I love candy. I have candy everywhere. I have candy in the office, in the house, in my truck. My grandkids know candy's there. Let me tell you about this. When I was in my beginnings of my 10 or 12 years of my landscaping business, <clears throat> I here's my regiment every lunch. I would have five cheeseburgers at McDonald's, a large fry, a 32, thank you, a 32-ounce milkshake, an extra-large soda filled up three times. Then, do you guys remember at 7-Eleven, they have that really big... No, 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 no. It's 64-ounce plastic one that you can refill. I would three times within my workday. So I'd already had the other three. This is regular sugar. This is no diet stuff, right? No cancer. No cancer for me. Instead, I'm going to die of just, you know, sugar. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, it was abuse. I abused my body so often. We, I'm speaking of all of us now, are kings and queens of wasting time. That's another talent. That's another treasure. It's another thing that we have. It's a resource. Time, if you don't believe that, talk to somebody that has never watched TV or doesn't watch much TV and try to explain to them what binge watching is. Well, here's what it is, okay? So you go and you, you get a, a, a bowl of popcorn about this big, right? And you sit down in a comfortable sofa and you watch 17 episodes of some show. And they'll go, what? What in the world right now? Some of you are laughing because you do that. You've seen 12 offices in a row. I know that. I, Mary was here feeling guilty in this first service because she knew she's done that, her and her husband. But think about our time, you know, that we waste. Maybe it's for you, it's like, before I go to bed, I just want to look at TikTok, which I don't really, but I do Instagram, for just a few minutes. Three, and then it's three hours later, it's 3 a.m., and you're still doing it. You know you waste time. We waste money, and we waste talents. Today, we're at a crossroads. We're at this crossroads. What road will you travel? Will you continue to live your life and my life the way we are? Maybe the Anton Walker route, consuming everything? Or are we going to be like that junior Reggie Bridgman, which really understood about doing something with your money and investing it into the kingdom of God? You're going, okay, finally, are we getting to the Bible? Yes, we are. I promise. If you don't have a Bible, they'll hand you one out. If not, you all have a phone, okay? And that's a great Bible. That doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you have to go pages. It's okay. As you get older, you use a computer because my eyes are getting, you know, my arms aren't getting long enough any longer. So Matthew 25, we were, we've, we're in right now. But Matthew 24, I want to touch because we were at a beach service, which we guys, I love the beach service. There were 20 people that were baptized. It was, it's a great day. But it's a hard day to concentrate on not... 39 verses that Andrew was trying to teach. So I'm going to just touch on one or two of the verses. So look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, 
Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. What he touched on was being ready. It's being ready. We don't know timing, but it's being ready. Then he talked about the parable of the ten virgins in chapter 25. He said in, it says in verse 2, five of them were foolish and five were wise. Then look at verse 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day and the hour. It's being ready, but not knowing the time, right? But it's being prepared for not knowing the time. Today, this is a different series. It's a little different about what we've been talking about being ready and the being watchful. It's going to turn a little bit. The emphasis is more on not just the unexpected, but the strength of this parable takes a new direction. This is a warning of the importance of using that which the master has entrusted to you and me in, for his glory. That's the difference in these, this parable and next week. So if you're a note taker, here's your time. Take this note down. Will we reap the rewards of a life spent utilizing all that we have or will our lives go bankrupt? Look at Matthew now, chapter 55, 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his wealth to them. I'm going to stop there because this man is Jesus. This is referring to. The journey is Jesus going back into heaven, okay? And he's going to come back a second time the servants in the story are you and me. So you, I want you to get that. Now look at 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability when he went on his journey. Now real quickly, a bag of gold, I'm going to refer to it often as a talent because if you read almost every other version, it says talent. It's still talking about a unit, a measurement of money in the Greek this amount would be up to 20 years of a day laborer's wages. It's not a couple of bucks that he gave as a master to his servants. But he uses the money to paint a picture that's much larger than just about money. So look at verse 16. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and, gave, and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold brought the other five master, he said. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Here's what I want to do before I just want to pause there. 
And I want you to just kind of picture this. You heard this story. The master calls in these three men. Now, I would like to be the one that was carrying 10 pounds, right? Because I'm standing with my buddy. This servant has 10 bags. Just picture 10 heavy gold bags he's holding on to, 10 individual ones. Then we've got the guy over here. He's holding four. He's barely able to hold them. And then you got the one. Now, I'd like to be the five at this point because I'm going to go in and see the ma- this, my master. It's been gone on a long journey not knowing what I was doing with it. And then he says, to the five, you gain five. Well done. High fives him. Good job, right? Great job. Then the second one, same response from the master. Well done. Now the third. He's probably going, wow, I'm glad 10 and four left. Because <laughs> here I stand. You know, I, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm, I'm adding this to you. But here's what I think that I was thinking. Now he stands with a one talent and he does what we often do. We're guilty of wasting what we have. He was guilty of wasting what he had. So guess what he does? He begins to make excuses. Not that any of you have ever made excuses of how we waste our talents and our resources. Maybe it's this one. Maybe some of you said as your New Year's resolution, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to the gym in January, right? And then all of a sudden, I don't like their lights. I don't like the way it's sore when I finish this thing. I have to get up too early. We are masters at excuses often, often, often. Well, I think that these guys in this last one, and he was going, oh my goodness, what is he going to say? Well, we do this over and over. Listen Now, what the excuses are in verse 24. When the man who had received the one bag of gold, mastery said, I knew you were a hard man. Harvest where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid the gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have at least put money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Over the years, I personally have received a lot of lashes with verbal in my life. Boss, someone maybe an email form, a phone call, or in person, I am so glad my mom's not here right now because I've told stories that she got a lot grayer from. Past that she goes, you did what? I don't want to hear any more about it. (laughs) That's all she wanted to hear. So in college once, I don't know if I told my wife this one. In college, I sold suits, custom suits. So it was a really nice place. We'd tailor them, I'd mark them, all that stuff. A college kid on a small full scholarship, but I, I don't have any more money, right? Five bucks is a good gas. I'd fill my tank up with five bucks in gas, just try to get to work back, that kind of thing. So I couldn't afford the suits. I won a lot of um, pro things that I won suits. I'd win a tie or something, but I couldn't afford all the, the look. So 
I would go in the bathrooms and I would put two ties down here and tuck them into those shoes and then on the back two ties and then five shirts on under my shirt and my coat. Then I would walk out. So I stole. Yes, I'm a terrible person. That's my mom would be going, don't tell everyone, I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, this, I remember the boss. I remember his word. I remember his words this week as I was studying this. He said, I am ashamed of you. I expected so much more out of you. I was wanting you in management level. And he goes, I'm going to fire you, but you're lucky I don't arrest you and you don't do some time for this. And I was like, oh, I, 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 I needed that. You know, I needed that. This guy needed to hear this. Now let's look at the punishment, verse 28. So take the bags of gold from him and give it to the one who has... 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have been taken from them and and throw this wicked, worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty strong language. That's not a slap on the wrist. Does it sound like that? It didn't sound like that to me from that master. This was harsh. This was a very harsh. His response was, get out. I never want to see you again. Leave my presence. That's modern to what he was saying. That's really what he's trying to say. What do you think he was saying? Do you think he was going, that was a little harsh, master? That was a little harsh language. I seemed into outer darkness. But we always make excuses. It's what we do all the time. We, we don't want to hear things for what the truth is sometimes. Don't miss what Jesus is trying to share with us in the audience right now. Listen to this. What we do with what we have matters. It matters here and now and into eternity. It really does. These three servants had the same choice that you and I must have what will I do with what I've been given? What will I do with what I've been given? The talent could be money. It might be time. It's everything the Lord's given you is really what this is about. What will you do with it? What are you going to do with it? Will you invest it and give it away or consume it and live all the way into bankruptcy? Well, here's how I want you to personalize it. It's a note, it's a note that's on the screen. But it's, you need to personalize this. I have a talent that I have been given. Let's say that. I have a talent that I have been given. You said that. So you recognize God has given you a talent. And given is the key word here. I, re- I really think it is. Because each servant was given a talent. All three of them, Right? They did not earn any of that. It wasn't part of their pay. It was a responsibility. It wasn't like, you do with it whatever you want. It's a responsibility that the master gave. The master gave it. That's what I want you to notice. It was given. Everyone in here today is given a talent. No excuses. And you may go, I wish I had a singing voice like these up on stage. I wish I could teach. I wish I could do this or that. I wish I had a bigger house. Then I could, you know, bring people over there. 
the master brings all three servants and he gives to them according to their abilities. But he gives to each one of them. Maybe you're the one with only one talent. You're going, I wish I had another one. And maybe he'll give you another one. Don't be so jealous of someone else's because God custom gave that to you. That's for you. You need to be the person who you are called to be. You need to be the person that you were called to be. If only I had one more talent. Don't argue with God. Who argues with God? Come on. All of us, right? In prayer, and it's like, why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get that? Why didn't I get whatever? We argue with God. Isaiah 45, 9. This is in NLT because I like the way it read better. It says, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? That's a joke. Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? Well, here, this is what the Lord says in verse 12. I am the one who made the earth and created people to live in it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens and all the stars are at my command. We forget, because we grumble, we complain, and we argue with God, who created you? Who's given you that talent? The creator of the heavens and the earth. So who are you to say, God, I only have this one talent. Instead, what should I do with this talent? What should I do with this? Maybe your talent that you struggle with, and I did this week as I was looking at this, I was saying, what is it I struggle with? It's time. I've spent a lot, I've had a lot of extra things this week of time. I realized, man, we just had so many things going on that's going, man, I just have, I need more time in the Word, I need more time for the study, and there's just more time we look. And so I realized for me, the resource of time is harder sometimes to give. Someone calls you up and saying, They'll give you a whole month and moving, moving June 15th. You're scrambling in your mind to think of what you have on the calendar. Oh, I'm sure. I think that there's a wedding. I think there's a, right? Because you don't want to go do that. Time. Listen to this. You don't know how much time you get. We don't have any clue how much longer of time we are granted. We think we have much, much more time. Look at what James chapter 4, verse 13 says. Now listen to you who say, tomorrow or today, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Time, we don't know how much time. You can't always put things off to next week. You really can't. We have to be careful with that. The talents we've been given were never meant for us to solely consume. They were meant to advance the master's kingdom. Did you hear that? The talents we've been given were never meant for us to solely consume them. They were meant to advance the master's kingdom. Time. What is it for you? Everything you've been given is supposed to advance the kingdom. 
It really is, not just to hold on to it. We have a responsibility with the talents that we've all given. When the master went on his long journey, it said long journey, he did not expect his servants to just sit there or bury their things. He expected them to be doing something to advance the kingdom. So here's your question today. I want you to think about this. We've heard this message. We've heard this scriptures. Think about this. What are you doing with what you have? What are you personally, you can't look to someone next to you, what are you doing with what you have? And I've been asking this, again, the time, finances, time, talents, and treasures, what are we doing with this? Are we consuming it or investing it? The first two parables, I mean, the first parable, the first, second servants, Jesus said, they went immediately and did something. Immediately left the presence and they began to do whatever they did. I don't know, bought, bought stocks, bought a camel. I don't know what they did with it and sold it, but they went and did something with it. The third servant did nothing. He buried it. That's what he did. That was his, that's, that was his idea. Well, praying over this week, I'm thinking again of this time, and it's big for me. And, and so I, I, I can't just hope to use my time or money in the right way. I must do it. I guess hope that I'm going to do something. I must do it. Hoping is worthless if action is the expectation. We have to do things. If you cannot hope to invest your money right, you must invest your money right. You cannot hope to invest your time right. You must invest in your time. You cannot hope to use your talents right. You must intentionally do it. But I don't know how. Maybe you're asking that right now. I don't know how. At my age, I don't know how. I don't know how I'll invest that. You could start it off with maybe giving to a nonprofit. It's maybe like Young Lives that we just heard about. Or maybe it's a food bank. Or maybe it's someone overseas in a mission field. Maybe it's to this church. You be the you that you are called to be. You be the you that you are called to be. You need to do something. I had a friend, family friend. His name is Dwayne Mueller from Oklahoma, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Dwayne Mueller, God worked his heart and he said, I want you to begin to live sacrificially. So he began to say, all right, I'm ready to do this. And he gave 50% of his income to the Lord. His business went out of control. God blessed him so much. He goes, I can't keep doing this. So he started giving 90%. And he made millions of dollars because he's going, I can trust this guy. This is a servant I can trust financially. Bukowski graduated from Southern Methodist University. Yeah, I actually have good football now. In 2006, he went on to a missions trip. He saw a need for poor. He saw kids, no shoes, blisters, beat up shoes. And he goes back to the United States and he starts the shoes for better tomorrow. One on one business began to be called Tom's. In 2006 is when he came back with a vision to do something to invest. By 2013, 10 million shoes were given away. That's investment. 
into something that this little guy from college said, what can I do? I can start with shoes. He went on and his story goes on from books and he did the same thing with millions of books because he just saw that there's something more I can do. Maybe for you, it's sign up to serve in the family's ministry. Simple as that. It's Young Lives, it's Common Ground, it's VOR, it's Serve City Days like we're going to have and we're going to continue to have. Maybe it's just greed up front. It's just set up this room. Maybe it's going to a men's or women's group. Maybe it's a community group. What is it that you're going to invest into, into lives? It could just be your neighbor. It could be that's my number one goal. I just am, I've been used to waving to them as their garage door goes down. What would it be like to bring cookies to them? I don't like cookies. Go to, go to Marie Calendars and give them a pie. It's sealed. Whatever you need to do to love on someone, because we know they may not like it the other way. We will be judged by what we do with what we had. We will be judged by what we do with what we had. Matthew 25, Jesus reminds us that judgment is real. It's absolutely real. In the parable today, not all the servants knew that they were going to receive reward from their master. They did not know it was coming as a reward. They had to decide, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this heavenly thing I've given? The third servant was judged harshly. He was served a hard bill of sale. And he was said, you're going to lose it all. That's what would happen to him. Often, we don't live our lives to invest like the third because we have fear. I've seen more fear this last two and a half years from COVID than I've ever seen. And the enemy just won that battle. He won it in people's lives. God wants to overcome your fear and to realize that he is the one I was just talking about that created the heavens and the earth. He will supply for you. He will take care of you. What are we afraid of? when you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You shouldn't be afraid of anything. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just be in this posture. And this is about you now. This is not about anyone else in this room except for you and the Lord. Maybe your issue has been fear. Maybe that's been this year. I want you to learn to trust the Master. Trust Jesus. He will work everything out. Maybe some of you need to plant a new seed. We know that God gave us this talent, whether it was time, talent, treasures, whatever it was. Maybe it's time for you to just plant the seed. Could be a neighbor. Plant that seed. Let God do the correct harvesting of it and the correct watering of it. You're just to plant a seed, a great seed. Give them a scripture. Love them, smile to them, affirm someone. Maybe that's what you're to do. Maybe you're supposed to start giving financially with maybe where it actually hurts, where it's That could be for some of you. Today, some of you need to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Maybe that's all you need to hear, that you've done well. You've done well, but continue doing well. For some, maybe you need to hear from the master, please just trust me. Use your talents for me. What are you doing with what you've been given? Lord, 
Help us as you are directing us to one thing right now. Help us to take one baby step towards the talent you've given us to use it for kingdom building. We, I don't know what that is right now for my brothers and sisters, but whatever it is, I pray now you bring it to their thoughts. Right now, help them just to go, I know what it is. I need to make a phone call today. I need to put it down in a journal. I need to put it on my phone to remember. I'm going to act on it today. I'm going to, I'm going to do this tomorrow. This is not going to get a whole week's of waiting. I'm going to act on it now. So Father, whatever that is, I pray that you have my brothers and sisters step out as these two good servants are investing into the kingdom. Lord, show us what we need to go after. Lead us. Push us. Please lead us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. I pray now as we go into these few songs that we just lift you up. We give you praise in our voices as we sing.